Hello, I'm Richard Fieldhouse and this is the NASGP's podcast, The Art of GP Locoming, and I'm here today again with Judith Harvey. Hello, Judith. Hello, Richard. And Judith, you've written uh, another uh, really interesting article uh, for the NASGP magazine called Quiet Please, uh, about sound and hearing. And um, you start this off with uh, with the story of a, of a violist playing uh, in a Wagner concert for three hours in front of some brass players who are tooting out Wagner for uh, 90 decibels and from which he suffered permanent damage to his hearing. That's right. And he, um, he went to court over it uh, and was awarded substantial damages for acoustic shock. Uh, the Opera House appealed, uh, arguing that artistic standards took precedence over risk of acoustic shock. And they had provided him with appropriate um, earplugs um, but the court thought otherwise, rejected their appeal and awarded him substantial damages. He's not now able to work. He's suffering permanent uh, hearing loss and tinnitus. Uh, and that has set quite a precedent because um, musicians' job is to make noise, but it is it has its risks. And if you go to a concert now, and I've been to the Albert Hall for the several proms recently, you can see that the brass is, if possible, placed well above the other players and that there are baffles in front of them so that the sound doesn't go straight into, it's usually the wind players, but it can be the, the uh, strings as well. Uh, it doesn't, it's deflected from them. Gosh, you actually—they've actually been. That's all implemented and is all quite out out there now. Is I've not noticed that at all. Um, yes, it is. It's obviously much more difficult. And this guy was playing in the pit, at the opera house. And if you're an orchestra in a pit of a opera, ballet, theatre, in a musical, there's far less space. Um, you can't sit people at different levels. <laughs> you yeah. can't space them out. So it's a matter of being. Hang on, is that thunder? No, it's interesting we're talking about noise, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to it now. Yeah, no, that's that's. Um, I'm actually sitting in our acoustic room, which is actually a spare room on the top floor, and that was a lorry going past. Ah. Um, and we live on a uh, just north of Chichester on quite a busy road. So actually, that window faces to the back of the house, and. Um, and actually, Judith, you were just talking about my holiday in Cornwall and how um, uh, how actually one of the best things about it was the amount of sleep, uh, the quality of sleep, because of how quiet it was, despite the seagulls, despite our daughter getting scratches on her face and, and lots of um, um, thefts from seagulls, stealing ice creams and things. Um, it was actually remarkably quiet, yet here in uh, here on a top floor facing a, a very quiet part of, of, of of the city yeah we get noise like that that gets picked up through this but it's quite a hot room so i've got i've got got the window slightly open but even then it's around a corner but um it's and that i think why you're why this article is so interesting because you you've we're going to go through lots of little vignettes where where it's almost like the t 10 blind men describing an elephant here because you've approached noise and and and, and quietness it, it, from all sorts of different ways and and this 
exploring the whole uh, some, something so, so so perfect so beautiful so creative so enjoyable as music actually it's a it's a health risk uh, and, and and this is this is when um we pay to go to these concerts and you've paid to go i was at uh we went to oklahoma at the festival theater last night and 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 you pay to go and see live music and uh, and but not actually realizing there's this pernicious effect as well and, and we, we talked about this 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 chap having permanent hearing loss from 90 decibels can you tell us a little bit more about the decibel the decibel range then um, well, it's it's difficult to sort of understand because it's a logarithmic scale um, and therefore the change in the level of noise between, say, 20 and 25 decibels is a fraction of that between 90 and 95 decibels. Um, and the louder the level, the the more damage there is, risk of damage there is, obviously, and um, the shorter the time that it is safe to be uh, exposed to that noise. So the safe exposure time for 90 decibels may be a couple of hours, but for 100 decibels, it's 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, 110 and there's a lot of 110 noises it's it's probably five well in in your article you recommended um some some phone apps and uh, one of which being Soundprint. and um so i've actually i downloaded that and i've got a nice little well you've met my 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 iphone microphone because we've done a podcast with it in the british library which i remember was very very noisy um but allows you it actually gives you the decibel reading of various things and and part of my what my wife calls my midlife crisis we call my midlife crisis our coffee machine my espresso machine <laughs> and um and i often standing there making espressos for the for people and the, the little steam one and i measured the sound of that and that was 112 decibels Yes, uh, and I, I probably can, you know, can make sometimes up to ten, fifteen. Um, um, where she probably, I probably froth, 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 froth the milk two or three times a day, and, um, and 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 it is an intensely loud noise. And actually, again, we go to cafes for silence, often for calm and for relaxation, not realizing that actually there's probably some very, very loud machinery going going on in there so um yes 100 110 decibels for for a few minutes is actually causing some some hearing loss it's probably why I've, I've not been so bothered about having this window open in in this recording room today but you another yeah. another uh, uh, source of sound you've mentioned is again pubs and restaurants yes well i can think of half a dozen times over the last few months that I've been in a pub or restaurant and the noise level has been intolerable. Um, I, if you go to a pub for a quiet talk with somebody uh, um, to discuss some problem and, and people are screaming at each other, you cannot actually have a decent conversation. You cannot discuss. And it affects if it affects your enjoyment of the food. And I can think of a meal that we went to a couple of years ago at a very nice restaurant with friends. Started off well, and then it filled up, and we could not hear ourselves speak. And I didn't enjoy the food at all. 
None of us did. Would never, ever go there again. I didn't have an app then. If I had um, Soundprint, I would have taken a reading and sent it to Soundprint and they would have recorded it against that restaurant. Interesting. It would, it would almost be uh, interesting if, if um, websites like TripAdvisor would even have a sort of decibel sound rating on them. Um, I wish be, they would. I wish a... they would. Yeah. I remember reading some time ago about about you, you you mentioned there about how it didn't make, help you not, not enjoy your food so much and isn't this something on on aeroplanes why tomato juice with Worcester sauce is such a popular drink on aeroplanes is because of those umami flavors you get with Worcester sauce and the and the strong uh, flavors in tomato juice that actually you can taste those much better your your sense of taste depreciates on the plane because of the the background noise that you've got going so you therefore need more intense flavors um maybe that's why restaurants oversalt their food all the time and have uh, buckets of butter and everything i think i think no you're absolutely right um uh sound uh, caterers for uh, in-flight food boost the umami boost the flavors because the noise detracts from them um and that's a good point about uh, loading on the salt and, and 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 putting in strong flavors in venues that are likely to be quite noisy yeah the the um and I mean, I've noticed over the years getting into a fret relatively new restaurant and, and and again sound being intolerable, and then you go again sort of three, four months later, and you realise the place is a lot quieter, but what they've actually then done is they've put in all these different sound baffles in the ceiling. They've lowered the ceiling, they've put in, you know, it's part of the design now, and you see restaurants doing this a lot, um, rather than the sound, as you say, bouncing off the walls. Because we're talking about logarithmic scales, the sound seems to, the, the noise pollution in a restaurant seems to go up exponentially with the number of people in it. And yeah, to the point where you are just oh, yeah. screaming at people. Um mm. And actually, the restaurants are us on the on the decline, aren't they? Actually, there's less people going out to them, and I wonder if this is a a subconscious factor that actually if you just eat at home and it's not any cheaper, but also you might enjoy it bit better because of uh, it's just a bit quieter at home. Well, that's an interesting point which I haven't thought of. It's probably a, a, a not a conscious factor, as you suggest. It's I'm probably not conscious, but it's you know it, it's fed into the computer. Where shall we eat tonight? Let's let's get something. You know, let's get delivery or something. And mm. or well, actually, even cook a meal from scratch. Um, and the quite apart from the expense, people having less money. Uh, the noise may be a factor, but I think it's taking restaurants a while to catch up, but it sounds as if they are. And when Action on Hearing Loss did a survey, the restaurants and clubs and, and pubs all said, well, that's the vibe our customers like. We're not going to turn it down. Uh, but, I don't but, buy that, though. I, rem no. I remember asking a guy in Saintsbury's staff there, you know, why do, why there was some sort of bizarre looking fruit from the middle of God knows what what part of the world. I'd never seen it before. And, 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 and I, you know, why what, why do you stop this? And said, well, sir, it's what I, I we customers buy it. So so we stock it. And, and that's, you can't keep on using that as an excuse that, that consumption um, therefore justifies uh, 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 increasing noise or, 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 or flying in 
fruit overnight from from some some poor country um which could do, probably make a lot better use of it um that's yeah that's that i think it, it it sounds like and having you know read this article actually it's it, it, it is almost this sort of very sinister um um thing going on called called noise damage which 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 has a sort of an insidious impact on all sorts of other aspects of life in your in your article you mentioned which sounds amazing you'd what you walked to oxford um from london along the canal for three days and you said there the was thames. A, the thames the thames there's a river called the Thames. I've heard of that. I've yeah. heard of that. Um, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it's of course Canal. Why am I thinking? And I've seen the Canal because because we were in up London the other day and walked along the the, um, the Grand Union Canal. But yes, mm. you, you um, but you said during that trip there was actually only half an hour where you couldn't hear anything. And, and, I, and I bet you probably weren't consciously list, you know, waiting for silence, but it probably suddenly dawned on you as something really unusual. Oh my God, there's quiet. There's no planes flying over. No helicopters. That- Yes. No, and, and it, it's mostly road noise because road noise is pretty continuous. Mm. And in, in the southeast, you're rarely very far from a road. Uh, and it was mostly traffic um, that was noticeable in Northumberland. Um, there are far fewer roads, there's less traffic. Um, it was wonderfully quiet. <laughs> In comparison, you come down to the south and you're in somewhere you think is quiet and you realise, no, it isn't. You listen. You start listening. You realise how much noise there is. Yeah, yeah. And and in in the article you also talk about uh, something slightly more closer to home for for probably people listening to this podcast is is the noise that's been going on in hospitals and how it affects our health as well. You mentioned uh, in ITU the noise often is above 100 decibels and that's in an atmosphere when when recovery and uh, is is obviously probably you know of, of more so than, than other wards but that's uh, and it has noise has an effect on readmission rates. Yeah, so there, there, is, there is quite good research on that, uh, that, I, well, I guess we all as GPs seen a patient who we thought was in hospital who has said to us, well, I discharged myself. They didn't want to, me to go home, but I just desperately wanted to go home for a good night's sleep. <laughs> That's worrying. Yeah, That's yeah. worrying. Or, or, they, or patients who've never had... Um, sleeping tablets, offered sleeping tablets and take them um, because it's the only way they can separate themselves from the noise. And that's not good, is it? That's very worrying. It affects their immediate health. They may get the idea of sleeping tablets and become dependent on them. Um, And this it's the wards are so noisy the banging and the crashing and you know unanswered call bells um phones everything people staff talking to each other rather loudly it's uh, uh, and for staff you know there's patients it's bad enough for patients and things like extended visiting hours you know if if the visiting hours uh, if if people can visit most of the day and you get a noisy family around a bed, God help you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're in the next bed. And the, the the one of the things you mentioned is 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 uh, cognition. It's, it's impact on 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 cognition. And there's been a, again 
quite a bit of this recently about uh, particularly involving dementia as well and um, how obviously it's imperative to get hearing checks done annually on people on, on, on patients who have uh, dementia uh, because obviously that that affect that affects their ability to to um, to communicate but also the fact that deaf or, or, or reduced hearing in adults is almost can be also uh, um, thought of to be some sort of causative agent in 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 in, uh, in dementia because you're, I guess you're just not interacting with your environment. I suppose this again this, this sort of slightly insidious thing about hearing loss is is or is that you don't know what you don't know you um and and. And whereas if you don't walk your the, the Thames uh, with your eyes closed, I mean, you know, in, I mean, instantly there, there would have been a problem. You'd have been able to almost evolve your your your, your way around that. You'd have called a taxi or or, or something, or somebody could have helped you. Um, and if you're eating a meal and it doesn't taste of anything, you instantly get that. But hearing, it's just we can we can, it's almost we can put it to a side, can't we? We we, we don't know that it's happened. We don't realise we've been sitting. I mean, in a, in a very noisy restaurant. Certainly when we turn up at the restaurant, we might think, God, this place is noisy, but after a while you just kind of acclimatise to it. Um, but but we're acclimatising to it whilst it's still having its it, its uh, its negative effects on us um, and we're not uh, responding to our environment and, and, and the effects that that possibly has on on um, on, on illnesses like, like uh, Alzheimer's and whether there's correlation or causation but um uh, it, it's again it's, it's i just find i just find it very in, interesting and i think your article really illustrates that that well and it did and it's, and it's not just a new thing as well you you mention juvenile from rome and the seven plagues of rome and noise being one of those oh that's have a look at his list on on the web it's it's absolutely fascinating um <laughs> almost all of them are still <laughs> urban plagues yes and to go back to hospitals and if doctors and nurses can't hear each other they're going to miss important information Mm. um if they're trying to concentrate if you know if you're trying to concentrate to do something with a background of noise then you shut out a lot and some of what needs to come in doesn't get through the ambient noise it, I think that's very worrying. Um, and do you want doctors and nurses having to shout at each other to say Mrs. Jones is, needs a bedpan or has collapsed uh, so that everybody in the ward can hear personal information? It's it's very it's a matter for real concern about not just patients' health but staff health. I guess yes. When you think of a lot of the the um, the, the uh, communication between colleagues about a patient's health, it's often a lot of that is, is sort of soft intelligence, soft communication. It's mm. you know what you what you say quietly to each other or or, or, or remark upon as an aside. Mm. But if that's if that's not happening because of the noise, because it's just pointless, or yes, you could get, start broadcasting patient sensitive information, then then that sort of things not not is, isn't going to yes. happen. We should have the, seven, the yeah. seven, seven plagues of hospitals, shouldn't we? Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's absolutely true. And it would be very useful for a nurse who has had a chance to speak to a patient, increasingly rare these days. But, um, and it's discovered that the patient's son is uh, a drug dealer, and that's worrying her. 
if she can't communicate that quietly to her colleagues, doctors and nurses, they miss something that's very important to know about that patient, or she has to bellow it, and all the patients hear. Yes. It's it's worrying. And possibly something you'd think twice about writing in the actual notes. Absolutely. Yes, as you say, that soft information, which is useful to know, to have in the back of your head when you see a patient, when you're approaching a patient, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to hear more about these seven plagues of Rome, actually. I think I'm going to go and look some of those up. You mentioned a couple of them, fashionistas and high rent. Yes, yes. Now, that's uh, interesting, isn't it? High rents, um, keeping poor people out of the centre of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Does it 100% today. Does it include uh, people saying like with every other word or, or using <laughs> the word awesome at the end of every sentence? Uh, if there's probably a an equivalent, you'll have to look. I can't remember. <laughs> I think I might go and go and go to the Wikipedia page and update it a bit. I think. Yes, yes. I think I like the idea of the seven plagues of hospital. <laughs> but it's a noise can be a weapon too, as I say in the article. They they uh, they drove uh, Noriega out of the. Uh, Papal nunciature in in Panama City by blasting um, hard rock at him, and and music or noises protest. Uh, people throughout Latin America uh, put on a what they call a casserole, uh, which is banging pots and pans, the casseroles, uh, and they'll go and stand outside people's houses or government offices and 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 bang and bang and bang um and that's quite a good protest that would be that would be i can imagine a middle class riot in london with le Creuset. that would be quite a yeah. nice noise wouldn't it yes. um, um a bit heavy though but i i've I discovered there is um rough noise is in the dictionary as a loud cacophony created with tin pans, drums, etc., as a protest or demonstration. Oh, really? So, so uh, the casserole is catching on in um, in non-Latin countries as well. Yeah, it seemed to be seen in College Square. Or... Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, the the, the the in and the uh, thing I remember uh, some years ago is you mentioned shopping malls and playing Beethoven, but also there, there's um, the the no, is it crickets playing cr- the noise of crickets or high pi- very very high pitched um, uh, uh, high pitched frequency noise that actually that um, adults can't hear but they play it out if you play it outside in a, in a shopping mall uh, teenagers can hear it and it actually puts them off going into shopping malls. I mean that's well what that... a good what a good idea it doesn't keep the people with money out it keeps the people who hang around out (laughs) rather cynically yeah i don't i don't know if that if that if that's still deployed but i I remember as being a thing a few years ago and then of course you you move on to 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 animal kingdom as well and the impact that that can have on on um on marine life and and birds yes i'm you know if if you seem to attract a mate and there is good evidence that uh, some songbirds have changed the pitch and the loudness of their song and maybe what they're singing uh, t- 
when it's noisy. If they live in a noisy environment, they sing differently so that potential mates can hear better. Oh, really? Yeah. And and whales uh, uh, communicate by sonar underwater. And the, one of the reasons, I think, that we get these whales or um, cetaceans in general beaching themselves is because their communication is interrupted by all the noise of shipping. Um, and interestingly, um, when the Icelandic uh, volcano erupted and air traffic was stopped, the whales actually were, uh, and there was less sea traffic too, um, the whales were grateful. They could see the whales were relaxing and communicating in a different way. Really? So it's, yeah, apparently, there's a, I found it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yes, I'm, all the noise that we generate underwater and perhaps over the water disturbs the animals in the water, probably oh. fish as well, but particularly whales because they're so dependent on, on sonar co communication. Well, some, some of these mass um, beachings have been blamed on military noise, haven't they? Although that's always been officially deniable, hasn't it? Um, well, they would, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, something horrible going on underwater. But, but all, so there's, there's, there's lots, of, um, lots of things to be very wary of and a sort of a, a, a pervasive increase in society. It's, it's, it's always been going on noise. And I remember I read years ago a biography of London, I think it was Peter Aykroyd, about the Victorians and how the noise in London apparently was absolutely shocking with cobbled streets and, uh, and, and the clanking of horse carts all or 24 7 um and it, it's apparently it's an awful lot quieter in london now though i find that quite hard to believe sometimes when when i'm in london but you, the bringing the article to a close you mention some really uh interesting work going on at king's college london uh yes i you know 20 years years ago nobody thought about the food that was slopped out to patients and then people started asking questions and realizing that most of it was very poor quality, not nutritious um, and not uh, didn't taste nice, poorly presented uh, and that patients weren't getting adequate nourishment in a hospital when nourishment is key to their recovery. Um, and that is being improved. A lot of hospitals have, you know, up their game no end they're with great advantages they're sourcing locally they're cooking locally they are watching the quality of the meals how they're presented um, because that makes such a difference to whether people eat it the color the size of the plate uh, and making sure that you know patients can eat it that that it is put where they can eat it they can see it all that kind of thing it's a whole yeah a lot yes but it's only just now it seems that oops well noise is the same um and and people are beginning to pay attention and it's interesting i remember reading quite a few years ago that they tested the hearing of people who lived in the desert in Darfur. this was pre-janjaweed militia and you know, when it was very quiet and the elderly do lose a bit of hearing but it's 
across the board, there isn't any of that high frequency, specific high frequency loss that mm. we get. And they, it, that was attributed to the fact that m much of our deafness and particularly the high frequency loss is noise related. Oh. Um, and we are getting older. Victorians lived to 50. Many didn't live that long, a few lived longer, but the expectation of life was probably 20, 30 years less mm. than it is for our generation. Uh, so we are going to, there are going to be far more people with hearing problems. Um, and the next generation who are used to uh, very loud gigs, um, having headphones clamped on with noise going into their ears 24-7, well, at least during yeah. the day, maybe at night as well, I don't know. Um, that, it, that may seem not too loud, but it's all... It's all a bit of damage. It it, it adds up, yeah. um, and w the fact that we are that some people are becoming aware of soundscapes. I we talk. Everybody talks about landscape, um, and looking at a landscape. But people don't talk about soundscapes, and they don't talk about listening to soundscapes. They may be standing in the Lake District looking at a beautiful view, but how many actually stop and listen, mm. consider the soundscape? And I think that awareness is, is something we sh should encourage um, because the more aware people are of sound, the more they will protect their hearing and also demand uh, that restaurant store and the noise down. Um, I was in Holland in April and we we went in a number of cafes, bars and restaurants and in all of them the sound level was acceptable. It was fine. There was a you know a buzz but not a racket. Um, we were in one and there was a guy, it was King's Day when the Dutch go out dress in orange and get drunk and there was a guy who was being quite noisy and one of the waitresses went over and uh, spoke to him. And after that, he kept quiet and his companions made sure he kept quiet. Why can't we do that in London? Why can't got, we do that got, in Chichester? You've just got to love the Dutch, haven't you? They've just got it so yeah. sorted. Uh, <laughs> my mum never should have left. Yeah. <laughs> Your mum's... <laughs> Your mum's Dutch, is she? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah she, she is. We always used to go there as kids on holiday and I always used to never want to come back home. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, has, it has its downsides as well. But, but um, it, yes. it's got so many, so many things right with its cycling culture and all sorts of other things. And, and, and transport. And, and, and I mean, and hopefully another good news story is with electric cars. And um, again, you know, that just, just it, it's hugely noticeable when a car goes past you and you can't hear it it's a whooshing of noise um and, and, and in fact aren't we even having to uh, retrofit some electric cars with sound generators because they can people actually 
the behaviour is such that you don't need to look across when you cross the road. You just listen, and if it's quiet, you can just walk on across, and then you get hit by a Toyota Prius. And so, um, yes. um, so, so, but things may may well may well change in that direction. You know, in terms of playing people people's consumer choice may well be uh, moving one way or the other towards quieter things um, but again not without their downsides electricity and heavy metals etc etc but uh, but Judith so many good points so many really interesting points uh, as always in, in, in your article um, so sorry if there's been any background noise uh, um, hopefully um, I'm becoming more aware of it and I have been throughout this but I hope it's not, not too uh, off-putting uh, during the recording so thank you Judith again and thank you people for listening to this uh, the podcast um, we've God, I think we're something over 20, 30 episodes now. Um, and it's all part of being an NASGP member. Uh, a membership, for, we've um, just gone over the, we, for, for the first time in many years, we're now over a thousand members, uh, 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 fully paid up members. We've got 5,000 members in total. We've now got 1,200 practices have joined NASGP more, doing so every day. Um, and uh, yeah please continue to support us that would be great so thank you Judith and uh, looking forward to speaking to you on the next podcast take care and you goodbye bye bye <laughs>